Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode nine of Attitude Check, the business leadership podcast. I hope that y'all are getting settled into the routine of 2019 and that you've been able to take some time to look back on 2018, really reflect on the things that went well and some of the things that didn't go so well and also how you can learn from them. I know for me personally, it was very helpful taking that time to reflect and then also set goals for 2019. I set a word that I'm going to be abiding by throughout the year. Some of the, the nuggets of truth and insight that I gained through that reflection time, just through listening to different podcasts and reading different books, was really the time value of personal development and how important it is to dive deep into that as soon as possible to set those disciplines, those personal rules in place so that as you grow and mature, you have those rules, you have those disciplines, and similar to the time value of money, that personal development does compound over time, and it makes a huge, huge difference. Today, we are so excited to have Lee Heider as a guest on this episode. Lee truly provides a unique perspective for this podcast because um, unlike previous guests, he is currently still in college and yet he has been very active. So those lessons that we've talked about in previous episodes about getting involved right now, he has really taken them and applied them. So he is currently in a leadership role within his entrepreneurship club. He is also working on a startup and they're getting ready to launch here soon. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. And then he's also been involved with the community in different capacities and internships and going to events. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode of Attitude Check. Endeavor to challenge yourself every single day. Engage with your community, effect change, and produce impact. I'm John Mark Radspinner. And I'm Brent Sabati. And this is the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast. We have the conversations that young professionals should be having but aren't. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Attitude Check, the Business Leadership Podcast. We are so excited to have Lee Hayter as a guest today. Lee is currently a student at the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. The reason that we invited him onto our podcast is because he has a unique perspective. He is a student that has hustled. He currently is the co-owner and founder of Trough, which... I will let him dive a little bit more into details about that. So Lee, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, some of the things that you enjoy doing, like your hobbies, and then we'll dive into what you do professionally with Trough and some of the other experiences that you've had. Okay, so my name is Lee Heider. I'm 21. I'm from Mandan, North Dakota. If anyone is listening to this knows where that is, that'd blow my mind. But I moved to Colorado for college. Outside of like college stuff, I love video games. And last time on here, you guys had Sam Elliott and he claimed he was a Fortnite champion. And when I heard that line, I very well wanted to challenge him. (laughs) So I'm putting that on the table if he hears this. I love snowboarding, video games, just a lot of things. Honestly, I have a lot of interests. Paintball, we talked about that earlier. I was really big into in high school. Pretty much my main things I do outside of school now, because school takes a lot of time, is video games. And snowboarding now, it's going to start snowing again. I work out too, but definitely not big. But <laughs> working out intrigues me. So dive a little bit into what you do with Trough and then also what your experience has been throughout college. So like I talked about, you are someone that has hustled and you have been taking college sitting down. You've been out there in the community. You've been very active. So just tell us a little bit about that experience. Okay, so I'll start with how Trough is created and kind of the story of it, because it kind of plays into everything. So at UCCS, I'm in the Bachelor's of Innovation program, and as a freshman, you have to take an Entrepreneurship 1000 class. And the whole curriculum is you have to start a business, and they teach you how to make a pitch deck, what a business should look for to start one. And then you pitch it, and they actually brought in real investors for the final. And I met a girl named Megan, and she came with this idea, was like, no one likes eating alone. 
and it's really hard to make friends. I was like, yeah, that's really true. Like I moved to Colorado Springs and actually know that feeling. It is really hard to meet friends when you move. And that's kind of where spark trough sparked it was we live in a world where there's so many social networking apps, but so many of them are just texting over a screen, not meeting up in person or dating apps. We Some people say we live up in the, in the hookup culture where we're like, we just want to meet friends with interest. We want to put all the dating aside, all the fake fallacies people create on social media and just meet friends. So that's where Trough came from. So we spent the whole semester in that class building it. We ended up pitching it and taking second in the whole class for like most viable idea to be invested in. And then I went on to ask my friend Elijah, who's a big tech guy, if he wanted to join the team because we needed a tech person. And then also my friend Andrew, same thing, tech guy, finance guy. I brought him on. We applied to the garage, which is an incubator on campus at UC CSC. You work with business professors and they mentor you and you do some other stuff. And the rest has kind of been history. We've competed in an international contest where we took third. We pitched at the Rockies Venture Capital Fund last year in the student contest where there's only six, I think, student startups out of the whole state that get the invitation to pitch. And that's pretty much how Trough was built is me and Megan both kind of knew this pain point and then we just dove into it. And then what Trough is, I should probably answer that and then we've talked about <laughs> it, but Trough is a mobile and web app that connects users with groups of people who share similar interests at local restaurants. So basically it's like, I'm Lee, I moved to Colorado Springs, I want to go downtown, but I don't want to sit at a table like a loner by myself. So I'll pick my favorite restaurant, set a group size, and eat with a bunch of people who share similar interests. You know, to go explore downtown, don't feel lonely, eating by yourself, and maybe meet some cool friends along the way. So that's kind of what trough is. And that's something that is such a great idea because I know for me and Brent, we both struggle with that, having a difficult time meeting people out in the community. I love that idea of all you have to do is set some interests, go to a restaurant and meet people. It's a great idea and I'm excited for it to launch. Tell us a little about your experience outside of trough within UCCS. So like community at the Small Business Development Center with your position at the Entrepreneurship Club all of that fun stuff. Okay, so I'm going to start freshman year moving forward just so I hit on everything. So pretty much I left North Dakota, picked Colorado Springs somewhat randomly because I was actually super passionate about entrepreneurship. I've been passionate about this since high school. And I just wanted to get out and go somewhere where entrepreneurship kind of is a thing because back home, growing up, we were kind of taught that's crazy. That's what you see in movies. That's not what you really do. It's not really a thing in North Dakota. So I came here with the goal to become an entrepreneur. So the minute I stepped foot on campus, I was scrappy. I was I wanted to meet anyone that had anything to do with entrepreneurship, anyone that knew any entrepreneur. I just wanted to learn as much as I could because back home, I really didn't learn anything. So I ended up meeting the individual named Justin Hine. And at the time, he was the current president of Entrepreneurship Club on campus. Pretty much through that, Justin put me through the ringer and I just met tons of people very fast, literally in just one semester. I think towards the end of the semester, I just showed Justin I really had passion for it. I got voted on by the seniors at that time to become the president of Entrepreneurship Club. And my sophomore year, so as a freshman, that's kind of scary getting told, hey, you want to run a club next year, especially about something that I've spent maybe just five months cramming down my throat learning. But I took that opportunity. So that was the end of freshman year. So then moving to sophomore year, I became the president of Entrepreneurship Club. So launched that. That's actually where I first met you was at a club fair mm-hmm. sitting right next to you. Um, and I needed a job. And I was like, well, I kind of know marketing. So this is a true story. How I got the job at the SPDC. I just started asking people if anyone knew anyone that was doing marketing, like internships. And I found out about the SBDC, so I read all the requirements of what they wanted for a job. And it was like web development, social media marketing. So I literally went and created a website, online resume myself, and pretty much used all of the like side project marketing experience I had and just cold emailed the guy at the SBDC and was like, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I know. I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship. Small business helps entrepreneurs. 
maybe just check my website out and we can talk. And through that, got a call like a week later, took the interview and ended up getting the job, which that internship was a blessing. I mean, most companies don't stick their neck out for someone that's like 19, a sophomore who's never worked a marketing internship to bring them into their company. And pretty much I had any access to any marketing thing I wanted to do. So I worked at the SPDC for about nine months. My internship ran a full calendar school year. Yeah. So um, I started my internship with the SBDC during that time. And since I was still the entrepreneurship club, there was an event going on in Colorado Springs called Startup Weekend, which is actually in an insane amount of countries now. It's just not a local Colorado thing. It's put on by Techstars. And I got reached out to, hey, do you want to bring any students to this? And what Startup Weekend is, is it's 54 hours. You literally show up, pitch your business ideas, they vote on the best four. And then in that 54 hours, you got to build a business, a product, and a pitch deck and pitch it to a live audience and a round of judges at the end of the 54 hours. So I was like, yeah, this, this sounds like exactly like something I want. I'm super passionate about entrepreneurship. I want to get my hands dirty. So me and about four other students went to that Startup uh, startup Weekend where I worked with a team that had three members from the club and we ended up creating a startup at the event called Routely that was pretty much using machine learning and artificial intelligence to make better public trans- transit routes because the guy who pitched the problem uses the buses in Colorado Springs. And Roller Story was not a fan, so we set out to find a better solution, kind of entrepreneurship 101. There's a pain point and we wanted to solve it. And I ended up pitching that for us. And that was almost like the first time I've ever pitched in front of an audience. So we took second there. And I think that's kind of what really sparked the fire in me to build Trough. Because right after that, we moved forward. And Bradley, we just knew it was something we didn't want to pursue. But at the same time, I met Megan. At the same time, all this stuff's going on sophomore year. And we built the idea of Trough. So then transitioning to second semester of sophomore year, me, Megan, Elijah, Andrew, we all applied to the garage on campus at UCCS. Our company was selected in. And then that's kind of what birthed Trough. During that semester is when we pitched at the international contest called Get in the Ring, where we took third. And we went against companies from like New Jersey, some company that was from a foreign country. I can't recall the country off the top of my head. But we went against some stacked talent. What was crazy is two weeks after that, we got invited to the Rockies Venture pitch, the student competition. Pitch there. Everything since then has been history with Trough. And that's kind of where I'm at today. So that sounds like a just a whirlwind of the past two years of having that idea, that first idea of what you wanted to do with Trough and then going through all of these different pitch competitions. And you really seem like you put your feet to the fire in that sense on getting Trough out there and really refining your whole pitch deck and your vision for the company. But something I kind of want to circle back on is, you know, in the entrepreneurship community, you see a lot of people who idolize figures like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or even more recently guys like Gary Vee and that sort of thing. A lot of these people don't have traditional education paths, which is something that you're in a traditional four-year university. Coming into college, was there something that made you attracted to, to going to college or have you ever thought about you know not taking the traditional four-year approach? Yeah, so that's, that's actually really funny. In high school, senior year, I really found out who Gary Vee was. And I almost embodied Gary Vee and I was like, I don't need school, mom. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. You don't need school. And I was really kind of taken over by that. But I went to college. It's what my sister did. It's what my parents did. It was just what was traditional. I really didn't put much thought into it. It was just go to school after high school. That's what my family's doing. And actually going to college, I think, has helped me with entrepreneurial more than I would have ever imagined. Because I think it just kind of comes down to who you are as a person and what 
your options are. I had the option to go to school. I had money to help me go to school. So school was kind of the obvious answer. But I really think being an entrepreneur comes down to if you really want it. So going to college or not going to college, I don't think that's going to alter your success as an entrepreneur. I know a lot of the kids get this idea where you go to school and then you're going to go to the institution. They're going to change your mind. You're going to come out. You're going to go get a job. And you're not an entrepreneur because you didn't come from nothing kind of what Gary Vee promotes, you know, not going to school that much, making it of yourself. I think it really comes down to the person. I think you can do it either ways because if you're going to college, that doesn't mean you're not chasing your dreams. It just means you're studying something you're interested in. You me an example. I'm going to school for marketing. That doesn't mean that's what I'm 100% doing on the side. I'm building trough on the side. I'm chasing my passion. I'm just also going to school. So I think ultimately it comes down to who you are as a person, but either route will produce an amazing entrepreneur. If you look at super successful entrepreneurs, there's hundreds of thousands of them that went to college. I guess for someone who's kind of in that stage where they're debating whether or not they want to go to school or just jump right into their business idea, I guess playing almost the devil's advocate, what is the biggest takeaway or benefit that you've had so far in your college experience? Pretty much everything. (laughs) College has been phenomenal so far. I got put with a lot of individuals that are way smarter than me on entrepreneurship. So like I said, coming in, I kind of understood it, but it was just from listening to Gary Vee. And then I went to college and met actual entrepreneurs because a lot of the bachelor innovation professors own businesses on the side. So I think that was the biggest thing is you just get a massive pool of people to network that just know a lot of things in a lot of different areas where I think maybe you don't go to school, you can still meet those same people, but I it's somewhat harder. Society really likes college students. And I found out myself when you're a college student, you can sometimes set up meetings with individuals easier because the community just loves helping college students. So that was the biggest thing college has presented me. And that's what I knew going to school too was I'm not really going to school. I get marketing, but I've learned more marketing from internships and doing it than classrooms. But I went to meet people that know way more than me and just to network with students. So like Elijah, for example, he's one of the co-founders. If I wouldn't have went to school, I wouldn't have met Elijah. Meeting Elijah has changed so much for me. He's taught me bounds and bounds of information about technology that I would have never known that I would have to know to run trough. But if I wouldn't have went to school, chances are I probably wouldn't have met him. Yeah, I could spend hundreds of thousands of hours watching YouTube videos like some of these guys who don't go to school do. I think it's just super important to meet people. That's what college is huge on. And I think that's something you got to ask yourself if you're going to go to college. What am I going to school for? Am I just going to school because my mom wants me to and to get this paper degree? Or am I going to school because I have a plan? I think you kind of touched on a key point there. Um, you didn't say it explicitly, but just being intentional about what you want to do and meeting people. I think a lot of uh, college students go wrong in the sense that they wait till their junior or senior year to really get involved or start looking for opportunities to learn and gain experience. Um, but you, as soon as you were in the door, like you said, your first year, you were just a madman just running around trying to meet as many people as possible. I mean, I think... A lot of the reason some people don't figure that out until they're a junior or senior is probably because, holy crap, I'm a junior or senior. I need to get this figured out. My mom's harping on me every Christmas break if I know what I want to do when I graduate. But I think a lot of it boils down to when a lot of kids come in freshman year, they, they put on this act like, I'm really cool. I'm on campus. I'm a college kid. Their priorities might be focused on some other things, if you know what I'm saying. And I think a lot of them are actually scared to do what they're really passionate about because they just come out of high school. I mean, I came out of high school. You know, you're that cool guy. You don't actually talk about what you're passionate about. People don't do that in high school. And I think a lot of people don't realize that until they're juniors because they start seeing other kids do it. And I just think there's this huge stigma around freshmen and sophomore I see where they're scared to try something new because they don't want to fail because they've built this character to the world who they are and they don't want to blemish it. They're some cool guy on campus. They don't They want to take risks and have failure. Failure is bad is what they think. 
So that's my biggest thing. I think I see a lot of freshmen come in and they try to act away and they don't really be themselves. So a lot of what I'm hearing you say is you come in to college, you're a little bit more scared, so you're not authentic and genuine to who you are, which prevents you from going out, taking risks and failing because failing, putting yourself out there to either succeed or fail can be difficult to do. But when you're genuine and authentic, it's not a big deal. But yeah, pretty much what you just said is 100% exactly what I was trying to summarize and say 100%. It makes sense. We've all been freshmen before you come to college. It's scary. You're on a big campus. You're away from mom and dad. Usually you're living in a dorm with a bunch of people you just met. So it makes sense not to be authentic because we as humans, we don't want to express our emotions to everyone because, you know, that's how you get hurt. So I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of college freshmen come in and they're kind of scared to do that because their whole life pretty much changed. They're living somewhere else. They're in college now. They're treated different by society, by professors. So I think they're put in a hard place, though, to become authentic. And that's kind of the biggest thing with running the entrepreneurship club I try to do is if I ever meet anyone young with an idea, I'm like, go do it. If there's any way I can help you, let me know because I want to help you just, you know, try things. Cause what's, what's the worst thing that can happen if you just try something? It's either going to be a success or a failure, but you're going to learn a lot. And I think that's a lot of things freshmen and sophomores are scared of. I think it's cliche to say that you learn so much from failure, but it really is true. You learn a lot more in failure than you do in success. Granted, success feels great. But failure spurs growth. Both are incredibly important. So taking that risk is beneficial either way it goes. So you kind of touched on, you know, those younger people afraid to kind of face the possibility of failure. And from what it seems like to all of us talking to you about it in depth a little bit off the mic, Trough is well on its way to, um, you know, it's, it's full launch. You've been working on it for a while and it's getting to a point where it's really refined right now. But tell us a little bit more about some failures you faced in the past before you got to this point with Trough and where you're at now. There's a lot of those. <laughs> I guess the first failure, like the big slap in my face, was when I was a senior. I wanted to go to school in New York. I was like, just something I was dead set on. Probably because Gary Vee, you see all the big entrepreneurs, you know, in New York. And I was like, set in stone. I'm going to school in New York. Applied to like three different schools. Time went by. Time went by. All my friends are getting their acceptance letters. You know, oh, I'm going to school here. I'm going to school here. Lee, where are you going to school? Well, you know, I haven't heard back. One letter comes in the mail. Denied. Okay, I've got two more left. Another one comes in the mail. Denied. Okay, well, I got one more left. Denied. And I think that was like the biggest hit I've ever probably felt in my life to that point because I was only 18. So by then I had a pretty easy childhood. I didn't really experience much failure. So getting denied from something that you spent a year saying, I'm going to be here and telling everyone you're going to be here. And then you're getting told, no, you're not going to be here. That, that was really rough. And that took me probably a whole semester at a different college just like coping with. And the biggest thing that taught me about failure with that was just because you failed doesn't mean it's over. Because now I'm going to UCCS. I'm in the Bachelor's of Innovation program. I've had the highest GPA I've ever had in my life. And that's the biggest thing not going to school in New York taught me. And I think that's probably the most grateful thing I am is that I never went to school there. I got denied. I got told no by all those schools. Because it taught me, you're not always going to get a yes. And you're going to have to work to get that yes down the road. And that yes is going to feel so much better when you work for it. So that was kind of my biggest failure that I've carried throughout entrepreneurship is I learned just because it's a no now doesn't mean it's a no forever. Look at what went wrong with that no and figure out how to reverse engineer it so next time it's a yes. So that's kind of something I've carried with me for a long time. And I've told a lot of my close friends about that. And I always try to take that story and apply it to their lives. I'm an entrepreneur, so I love ideas. So you can imagine the failure that comes out of that. So yeah, I've had a lot of ideas that have failed. And all that's taught me is, hey, that's a bad idea. 
on to the next. So learning from those different failures and experiences is obviously a huge part in anyone's kind of early career stages. Just taking the opportunity, my manager always tells us, it's not your aptitude, it's not your grades, it's not your education that really separates who shoots to the top and who doesn't. It's whoever fails faster is the person who, who gets to where they're going, you know, the quickest. Because if you're failing faster than the other person, you're learning at a greater pace and you're really taking advantage of all those opportunities out there. But with that being said, you know, you sound like you have a great team around you in Trough and that you guys click well and you teach each other and learn to grow together. But what are some of the challenges you face in not only being on a team, but uh, leading a team or just leading the entrepreneurship club? I think the biggest challenge is we're all like 20 some year olds. So you really don't have real true experience leading people, really figuring out your teammates' emotions, figuring out how they react, how they work. You, you don't learn that in college when you're doing like group projects because it's just you got your due dates, you know, you work along them, your professor enforces the due date, you're with your team for like four months and it's done. The biggest thing with trough has been really figuring out all these things people just cram down your throat, how to be a good leader, but how to actually apply them. That's like been the biggest thing for me is hear all these podcasts and books and videos of how to be a great leader. But then when it comes to actually applying it with real humans who are also your friends outside of the day, that's probably been the biggest, maybe not challenge, but learning curve for me is how do I take a college kid who's going to college, who's working, who's also trying to survive and build a company? How do I lead them to build this which starts like a roller coaster that's on fire and going to explode. How, how do you manage all this chaos and help lead a team to success? So from the startup world, that's just kind of been the biggest thing I've learned is we stay calm when things aren't going the best, which is kind of difficult for some 20-year-old males I found out, is just stay calm, take a deep breath, fail fast, like you say, and with the entrepreneurship club, I guess my biggest challenge is, I mean, I could talk whole podcast about challenges of the entrepreneurship club, but just how to help students actually figure out their entrepreneurial potential, if that makes sense, is what what resources, what talkers, what events, what 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 will really help what twenty some year old like myself realize, hey, I got I got an idea and I want to be an entrepreneur. That's probably been our biggest challenge with the club. Entrepreneurs are crazy weird beasts at the end of the day. So you have like 20 of them sitting in a room at a club event. It's really hard. Like how, do, how do I pull that out of someone? How do, how do I provide value to every single one of these? Because entrepreneurship, someone could have an idea in so many different sectors. You know, you could have one guy sitting here that's interested in tech, one person sitting here in landscaping, one person sitting here in a dog business. How do I, how do I help all of them? Those have probably been my biggest challenge throughout that. And kind of like you say, fail faster. That's been the greatest gift from getting an entrepreneurship club so young is I messed up a lot as a president. A lot of people meet me and they're like, why are you a president? You're a sophomore. It's like, hey, I'm learning a lot. I'm failing, but I'm going to take what I failed from, study it, and move on to the next and apply it. So I definitely agree huge on the fail fast aspect of it. That's helped me a lot, both in startups, running the club, and just kind of school in a nutshell too, college work. As far as learning it sounds like you take every opportunity that you can to, to learn, you know, whether it's from other people, failure, etc. Have you been intentional in your learning as far as team building or leadership? So the question kind of is everything I'm doing is kind of intentional to move to a bigger goal of leadership. Yeah. So have you made it a focus of yours to kind of be a better teammate, team leader, or just, you know, a leader in general? And if, if you have made that a point for you to develop those skills, share, you know, some of your favorite ways that you learned that? So to answer the first question, yes, 100%. Pretty much entrepreneurs are leaders. They're leaders of their own. They're going to the left when everyone's going to the right. So I knew that was something 
I had to figure out and kind of when I was younger, I was kind of good at being a leader. I mean, when you're in high school, you don't know you're a leader because you're in high school, but I was slowly figuring it out all the time. But yeah, so pretty much everything I've done has somewhat been intentional. And pretty much the only way I've learned it is if you want to lead, just lead. It sounds weird, but if you have a group of five people and you want to lead, just lead. They'll let you. That's kind of how humans are. If one person kind of shows they want to lead, others will kind of sit back and let it happen. I think that's kind of how the entrepreneurship club kind of maybe happened me becoming president is I just showed up constantly at every meeting. I was always talking to Justin. Just wanted to learn more. I had the hunger to learn. I showed him I wanted to like run things and I just wanted to lead. And I think people saw it and they're like, hey, let him lead if he wants to lead. And that's kind of carried 100% through just this semester alone. I have three group projects. I feel comfortable saying I'm kind of the unspoken leader within the group just because I want to lead. <laughs> and it, it sounds really weird, but I think as simple as that, if you just show up, you sh- show you care about the idea or project, others others will sit back and let you lead if you show I want to lead. I think something with leadership too is that it takes intentionality and focus on your part. Truly looking for ways to engage and connect with each of the group members because it is like you were talking about when someone takes the initiative and they show that they want to lead that's one thing but the next thing is actually doing it which goes a lot deeper than holding people to deadlines it goes to talking to people personally figuring out what's going on figuring out what better ways you can connect with them and coach them and help them along in their process whether it's within that project that you're working on or even outside of that. Yeah, that, that's 100%. That's something I didn't really touch on. But if you want to be a leader, you have to be 100% authentic about it. And I've met way too many kids in my three years of college that want to be leaders, but they just want to be a leader because I'm a leader. They get that title. They don't, they don't really want to lead. They're not authentic about it. And I'd say that's the biggest thing besides showing up and leading if you want to lead. You got to be authentic about it like you're talking. You got to really care about the project. You got to care about the people you're working with if you want to lead correctly and actually besides just saying you want to be a leader. And I think it's something huge you were kind of talking about is pulling people to deadlines, actually caring about the project is you need to be authentic. And that's, that's a huge thing I see kids do is they want all these titles, president of entrepreneurship club, leader of this, but they don't actually care to lead. And that's kind of like the biggest thing I told myself when I became entrepreneurship club is this title of president means nothing. I think it's called servant leadership. Like I'm here to serve the students. I got this role because I'm really passionate about it. I'm authentic about it. And I want to see success. So that was something huge going into that. I I didn't let it get to my head. I was was just another student that kind of ran it, but I wanted to see everyone succeed as much as me. So I really like that idea of servant leadership because whether it's networking, just building relationships and connections, we're, we're seeing a common theme in that kind of the good vibe, so to speak, you know, are passed down. You know, you seem like you have a a great team around you, peers that you grow with and build uh, your companies and ideas with, and you're obviously passing down value to people that you're leading through the entrepreneurship club and other opportunities. I guess at the top end of that funnel, you probably have someone who acts as a mentor or who kind of helps you learn and passes that value down to you. Tell us a little bit more about your experience with mentorship or just learning from uh, people who've been there, done that. When I first moved to UCCS, like I said, I was super passionate about entrepreneurship and I met the individual named Justin Hine. And originally, I pretty much owe everything to Justin. If I probably wouldn't have met Justin when I was a freshman, I don't necessarily know if I'd be doing the things I'm doing now. First person I met was Justin. Justin was the president of Entrepreneurship Club, doing very similar things, started a few small businesses, running a website thing. And he just kind of shotgun blasted me to the whole entire Colorado Springs community and just tried to get me to meet as many people as I could and just talk to me like, hey, I'm a senior, you're a freshman. Let me tell you all the things I wish I knew when I was a freshman. So I felt like I gained a load of knowledge in one semester that took an individual four years to learn. So I owe a lot to Justin. And then kind of the second big mentor I met, which came from Justin, was 
Samuel Elliott, which was a person who was on your podcast, but through Justin, I ended up meeting Sam. Roughly sophomore year, me and Sam would get coffee. It was like the first Monday of every month. If I thought Justin shotgun blasted me the community, Sam put me in a cannon and just <laughs> launched me. The amount of knowledge and people I've met from that man is insane. And pretty much everything, everything about Trough to a T has pretty much came from him and Justin combined. So I owe a lot to them. And through them, I've met a lot of people in the community that aren't college students who are entrepreneurs, business people. But Justin and Sam really were the first two to open doors for me. And I guess it's just a lot of respect to them because they took a risk, you know. I've met a lot of kids who say they like entrepreneurship and then the next month they like something else. But they said, hey, here's my time. I think you're authentic about it. And that kind of goes back to the piece I was talking about is you got to be authentic. And I think they saw that in me. Probably the same way people saw that in them when they were younger. So huge on passing it down. I have a few not written in stone mentorships now, but there's kind of an individual trough meets with roughly once a month who mentors the whole team. So that's been huge. But Justin Hine and Sam Elliott are two mentors who I owe a lot to. And I think that's a really great point that it's not touched on a lot as far as mentorship is that when most people think of finding a mentor, they're like, I have to go email, you know, a CEO who's been in the business for 20, 30 years, or, you know, I need to go, you know, find that old man who's, you know, running this huge mm -hmm. company. But even if you have someone who's just a few, few years older than you and, you know, have been doing it for a while, you can still have them as a mentor and they still have value to kind of pass down to you. So I think that's, that's great that you brought that up. You can find mentorship from anywhere, really. Well, yeah, and something huge I want to quickly touch on about mentorship too is authenticity. We've said the word a few times, but I think that's just so huge in this game of business and entrepreneurship. So, so huge. Is I came to UCCS, I'm like 18, from a town of like 20,000 in North Dakota. When I showed up, Justin met me, and I think he saw this kid really cares about what he's doing. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like you said, people want mentors. So they think, oh, I got to start emailing these people or I got to wear a suit to all these events to impress someone. But if you just show up and you show you care, it's mind blowing that the things will come. And I think that's kind of similar to you two. You two met your mentors. You guys showed up. You showed you cared. You weren't knocking down doors or writing emails. It's just having that drive. Older people say it's an older mentor. They see that drive. I think it often reminds them of the younger selves and they want to help mentor you. And that's definitely held true to me is just that hunger in me because I'm young and arrogant, as some would say, <laughs> is shown. So that's a huge part is if you show up and you really care, people will notice and people will reach out a lot quicker than you think. And it's something we've touched on it time and again on this podcast with different different guests, older and younger. I remember for the episode that we had with Jason Day, he talked a lot about mentorship. And specifically, the mentorship is beneficial to both parties because for the younger person, they get the wisdom of the older person. And for the older person, they're seeing essentially themselves 20 years ago. That kind of reignites their passion and feeds them a little bit. So with the mentor and the mentee, you're feeding off of each other. So. Yeah, I guess there's one thing to walk away from the podcast. Forget my name, forget what trough is. Just know, be authentic. That's the biggest thing I want to drive away. And when I meet kids on campus, it's like the first thing I look for is, does this kid remind me of me when I was a freshman? Like, is he really hungry about this? And I think mentors know that. They see that. You know, they don't They don't need to hear your credentials. That That's another thing I could go off. I didn't have any credentials when I came. Nothing really about entrepreneurship. I had a little side project I was working on just to get my feet wet. 
But I didn't have those big credentials. I just had passion. And I think that's a big thing. You don't need the titles to wow a mentor. And I think it's kind of rare in your case, Lee, that from a fairly early age, right out of high school, you knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur. You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure it out. And this is going to be my thing. A lot of uh, people, 18, 19, they don't really know what their calling is in life. And you're obviously very passionate, very hungry. How do you keep that that passion going? Are you goal oriented? You know, do you see the billion dollar check at the, you know, the end of the tunnel, so to speak? Um, yeah. What's your motivation and how do you, how do you stay in it? I think Samuel Elliott kind of touched on it on his podcast, but he's just a passionate person. And that's very true to me when I heard him say that. I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely me. I'm just a passionate person. And I think it's kind of something as I've grown up and more matured, I've started to see in my family. My sister's extremely passionate about what she does. She's a teacher She's just huge on helping the youth, and that's, like, what she wants to do, and that's what she's put all her focus on the past five years. And now I'm starting to see it in myself, so I think, I don't know if passion's in genes or something, <laughs> but my family's just, it's a very common trend. They're passionate about things. Kind of, there's been been some entrepreneurship throughout my family's bloodline, so I think that's kind of where it came from. But it was I don't think it was ever, ever, ever about the money. I think it's because I'm a passionate person. So when I get an idea, it's like, I'm all in, 100%. This is going to happen. And then that passion just drives me. And that, that's, if you look at any great successful entrepreneur, that's what it was. They weren't chasing the money. They were chasing, I believe in this product. This is a problem I've experienced and I want to help others. That's profit in a nutshell. You know, I've experienced loneliness when I moved here. It's, it's hard to meet people. And I don't think a lot of kids get that when you just drop everything, move to a city you've never visited before. It's hard to meet friends. And that's a pain I think a lot of kids experience. And that's why I'm passionate about solving it. Plus, I love people, so I want to help someone who's feeling lonely meet as many people as they can so they're not in that. What kind of keeps me aligned with entrepreneurship is just my passion. I've kind of just been passionate about anything. Like we spoke before this podcast, paintball. I just Anytime I find something I like, I just go all in. Blinders on, you're going all in. It's been super helpful in this business entrepreneurship world. But that's kind of something I've carried all throughout high school. It's just going all in when I find something I like. When did you kind of decide that you you were going to go all in for entrepreneurship? Senior year, touching talking about that in high school. I was just sitting in school all the time thinking, you know, this is not for me. Sitting in the classroom in the back of the class, messing around, talking to people. And I was like, you know, you get one life. Why Why am I doing this? Like, This is what I like. I just kind of started figuring out about entrepreneurship. I'm like, hey, it's kind of cool. Like, my whole childhood, I loved playing with Legos, blocks, anything. So I like taking an idea, building it. I started learning about this entrepreneurship thing. I was like, yeah, it's a lot of the things I was doing when I was little really aligned with what this entrepreneurship thing is. There really wasn't much business classes at all in my high school. So I turned to the internet, which I think a lot of kids do when they get passionate about entrepreneurship and just spent my whole senior year reading any and everything about entrepreneurship. Hundreds of Gary V, seven minute videos. I probably was watching every Daily V for like a year when he would post his daily vlogs. And I just found out kind of senior year, this is for me. Like this, this is what I want to do. And I know a lot of people say, if you wake up about something and it excites you, do it. And that's what entrepreneurship was for me. It was never about the money. It was the underdog story. I've always loved that. It's, I got an idea. Let's build it, make it happen and bring it to life. That's that's something that's super fascinated me my whole life. And I think that's what drove me to entrepreneurship. I love ideation, but I also like making it happen. I know there's kind of an idea came up within my head. I told myself if I ever get on a cool podcast, I'm just not <laughs> saying this or talk somewhere. If you look at a lot of kids in high school or anywhere that play sports, say it's a tie game, we use baseball, for example. You go up to bat, you have two strikes and the pitch is about to throw. What, what are you going to do at that last pitch? Tie game, say it's a state championship. You're the last pitcher. You're going to swing as best as you can. 
you know, because you want to win that, because you only have one chance. That's kind of how I felt with life. Well, I only have one chance to do this, so why, why, why waste it? And that's just kind of what pushed it. And I also knew just I was never good at school. I'm not a scholarly person. That's not for me. The baseball thing is something I think of a lot that I don't think a lot of kids think of because we're 20. It makes sense what 20-year-old thinks of. You know, you have one life. But my thing is, I have one life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try as many things as I want and fail as much as I want because all I need to do is win once. So I really love that baseball analogy. I think it really, no pun intended, it hits it on the head there. Um, just not having or even having that fear of failure, that fear to swing, but still doing something about it because the opportunity that can arise from it is just too good to pass up. So for those younger people or college students who have that time up at bat and they're not sure if they should take that swing or not, what advice would you give to them? That's a great question because that's something I've kind of only figured out now being a junior because when I came in as a freshman, I was so passionate. That passion just kind of drowned it out, the self-doubt. I was very blind to it. But now being in this kind of circle for a while, I've seen there's just a lot of people who don't believe in themselves for reasons I don't know. But the biggest thing I would tell someone who wants to be an entrepreneur who makes a startup is... You, you can do it. All these people who do it are just, just regular guys who go home at the night are girls. They're not superhumans. They don't have some superpower. I think that's a lot of things kids do is they say, I can't do that. that. That's I don't have those skills. And I see it time and time again when I meet students that want to build a startup. They tell me the idea. I say, yeah, go do it. Like, you know, let's make it happen. And a month later, they're like, oh, I gave up. It just wasn't for me. But you know deep down it is for them. They just don't have self-confidence. So I think the biggest thing I would tell a freshman is try anything you've ever wanted to do, regardless if it has to do with business. For example, I was never a runner. In high school, I joined cross-country. I had no experience in cross-country, but hey, I said, hey, let's run. What do I have to lose? So that would be the biggest thing is apply that to anything, whether you're an artist, you want to start a startup or anything, just try it. Because a lot of the people that you look up to that were successful were at the same exact spot you were. And all they did different was say, hey, I'm going to do this. And that's kind of something I've held true throughout my whole life is I think when I was a sophomore, Samuel Elliott pitched his company at Get in the Ring, that international competition, took first. I sat in the audience and I said, hey, that's going to be me next year. I didn't sit there and go, oh, I can't do that. I can't be him. That's, you know, he's just all that. I said, no, I'm going to work. And next year, that's going to be me. Next year, I went there. I only took third. Fair enough. That was a two-month-old company and took third. I think that would be the biggest thing is tell yourself you can do it. Because that's the only thing that separates you from someone who did it, is they declared it's possible. I know that's one thing, I think it was Steve Jobs said, if you look around, everything in your life was built by another human that just decided to do it. I I butchered that somewhat, but that's pretty much the moral (laughs) of it, is if there's something you're passionate about, go do it and don't doubt yourself and don't care what anyone thinks. Because at the end of the day, what does it matter what they think if you're doing what you love? They can be that person at bat that's flimsy swinging on the home run. You can be the one swinging to the fences. And when you make contact, then you're a star to them. So that'd be my biggest thing is drown them out and just do what you love. Be confident in yourself. That's a whole lot of good advice. We're going to kind of transition it now into bullet questions just really quick. So recommend one resource that is useful for you in everyday life. Calendar. So a whiteboard calendar that hangs on my wall. Runs my whole life. Super useful. I meet a lot of kids (laughs) that can't manage things. And recommend one book that has been really helpful for you. Okay, I'll do two. So one, if you don't really care about business or startups at all, Read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. That's a super popular book. Going to teach you a lot about life, how to motivate yourself. If you're super into startups, if you haven't heard of this book by now because everyone's heard of it, The Lean Startup, you should probably read that. So if you're into startups and entrepreneurship, read The Lean Startup. If you're just a passionate person that loves things and maybe not business, read Outliers. Leah, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. 
Thank you again for sharing your wisdom and your experience um, thus far in life. Share one parting piece of wisdom, the best way to connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. So the best wisdom, I would say, I don't think this is trademark. I came with a quote senior year because I was really passionate about entrepreneurship, and I wrote it on a folder, like a vanilla envelope of all my startup ideas, and I wrote this quote, or make your dreams your reality, don't make reality your dreams. And that's something that I just thought up in my head. I think it's the truest thing is do what you love and make it your reality. Don't let the outside world tell you what your dream should be. Pretty much anything and everything. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. If you go to troughapp.com, you can find me on our about page. Pretty much you can hunt me down on any social media. And I'm always down to get a cup of coffee with anyone who wants to get a cup of coffee. That's something I'm big on when I meet students who are intrigued by entrepreneurship. I'm like, let's get coffee. I mean, I might not be able to help you like other mentors, but if I can just get the wheels turning, I'd love to. Awesome. Thank you again for being on this episode of Attitude Check, the Business Leadership Podcast. This is John Mark. And this is Brent signing off. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Attitude Check. It was such a pleasure to have Lee on this episode of the podcast and hear about his unique perspective and really what it looks like when a young person gets engaged and gets involved and finds a mentor, shows they're passionate and starts trying different things succeeding and failing and figuring out really what he wants to do with his life. Don't forget to check out Trough at troughapp.com. That's T-R-O-F app.com. Be sure to hit that subscribe button because let's face it, you know you want to on whatever podcast streaming platform you're listening to. And don't forget to like our Facebook page to stay up to date with all things Attitude Check. This is John Mark signing off.